Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burdens of motherhood. I'm Emily. I'm Beth, and we're your hosts. We hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms blog production. Episode 2, Your Summer Strategy. Welcome to Mom Fashions, friends. Today, we are talking about something actually near and dear to my heart. Strategy for the summer break. Now, I know some of you moms who are actually, believe it or not, like me, absolutely not type A, not one type A bone in my body, who loves the idea of lazy, carefree, spontaneous summer, may already be clicking off of this podcast right now. But I want to tell you, wait, stop, don't go anywhere. A summer strategy will actually, maybe, we hope, change your life. Amongst my mom friends, summer break is a really big discussion. And I've kind of found that you either really love and look forward to summer break or you dread it like the plague. So, Beth, you who have three kids in various ages and stages, what's your vote on this? Summer break, yay or nay? Oh, Summer and I have a little bit of a love-hate relationship. (laughs) We do live in Texas, which means summer is hotter than Hades, and I don't I don't love the heat. I really have this theory that if we just flipped the school year to where we actually were in school during the heat of the summer and Mm, out during the cooler months, that my life would be so much better. But for some reason, they don't make plans around. They didn't. They didn't ask you. I know. That's crazy. How rude. So, yes, we have kind of a love hate relationship. I only have one daughter who is in school full time and. This is only our second year of her being in elementary school. So summer is kind of a new concept for us, which sounds weird. But when you're at home with littles, summer is just kind of a hotter day. Okay, we're totally in the same boat on this because I am, I never know how I'm going to feel about summer until I get in it. They're like last summer. I loved. Like, I really did love the whole summer. I was kind of sad when school started back. But the year before that, oh, no, no. I was counting down the days for school to start back by mid-June. And that's not good because we'd really (laughs) only been out for two weeks. Like, it was such a hard transition for that summer break. Um, Was that your first summer? Yes. Our first post-elementary summer. I'm a working mom. I just didn't really expect there to be such a big difference between pre-elementary school summer break and post-elementary school summer break. But it was kind of a big deal at our house and it was really hard and it completely caught me off guard, to be honest. What do you attribute that change to? You talk about the pre-elementary school and the post-elementary school summer. What was different about the two? Well, I think it's kind of going back to what you said. Even if you're a working mom or you're a stay-at-home mom, in those little years, there's not a 
big difference in your schedule from when the typical school year ends and summer starts. My kids were in childcare situations, but that childcare situation didn't alter a ton. Once summer started, there would still be maybe their preschool year had ended, but there would still be other things that would kind of take up their time. It's just there's a lot less structure, I think, during those early years. I found that my kindergartner had gotten really accustomed to the structure and the schedule and, quite frankly, the constant stimulation. If she was not being engaged by the teacher in learning, in worksheets, in games and things that they would do in the classroom, she was in a special class doing art or doing PE or music, or she was really having a lot of social time with friends on the playground or friends at lunch. While the first few days, it's nice just to kind of like decompress from all that, she quickly got cranky, to be honest, and had a really difficult time adjusting to a much slower pace. And then kind of the lack of consistency that there tends to be in summer. Like I said, I'm working, so she is having childcare. Sometimes that looks like a babysitter, and sometimes that would look like summer camp. So there's not a lot of predictability, no matter how structured my summer would look. And so I had kind of like all these expectations. I wanted this really nostalgic summer, not have a lot of things scheduled, you know, just playing in the yards when I would be done with work or sending the babysitter to take them to ice cream, you know, like these kinds of things. But then finding that that sort of wasn't what my kid needed. That has evolved me as a parent into creating a bit of a strategy before we go into summer to just try to make the transition easier for everybody involved because it can make you miserable. Like the whole house can be miserable trying to adjust to this new schedule. And then by the time you get there, it's time for school to start. That's true. Once you get used to it and you feel like you have a rhythm, then you start something new. For us, it was Not so much the lack of structure, because my daughter really enjoys having the time to just do what she wants. We actually have to fight more towards the structure. For us, it was our children coming back together and being in each other's faces 24-7. And the bickering and the fighting that went on that just drove me up the wall. That makes me, who's also not type A, at all, who's very fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants kind of person, have a little bit more of a plan this summer just so that we can have some things to occupy ourselves instead of yelling at each other. So, Emily, what is your strategy? I want to totally make this caveat before we get into all of these ideas. Is that really these are just ideas for your family, and the way that I do it isn't necessarily like the best way or the goal that you should strive for. I have found just by being students of my own children, learning from them, what kind of environment can I create to make this transition go well and to make the summer what we want it to be. We want it to be enjoyable. We want to capture that extra time that we have with our school-age children And we want to make memories together as a family, even if it's something as small as getting ice cream from the ice cream truck every Monday or something super wild and big like going to Disney World. I have kind of learned we aren't so structured that we have hour by hour 
schedule for how the day's going to go. And you know what? I have some friends who do that. And that works great for them. It helps keep them on task and not just getting like sucked into chaos or their kids kind of falling apart. Their kids love to know what that schedule is. I guess there's three things that go with my summer strategy. One is uh, before we get out of school, I make a summer bucket list. Oh, I love the bucket list. I love bucket lists now. Uh, Hold on to your panties. 20 things that we are going to do in the summer. Now, if you parent a school-age child, you know that actually the summer really only lasts two days, right? That's kind of like how it feels like. So 20 things is crazy. Those 20 things are not all things like go to Disney World. They're not these huge things that we're going to do. We may pick two of those. For instance, our summer vacation actually is going to be going to the beach this year. So that automatically gets a place on our summer bucket list. It's something that we're already doing. I also put on the summer bucket list things that are treats for us, like getting ice cream from the ice cream truck. We're going to do that at least one time. That is something that we want to make sure that we do before summer is over. It could even be something like eat dinner on the deck one night. Like this is a thing that we want to do on the summer bucket list. Go to the library. Visit a new park. Our 20 things are not like 20 activities that are going to be, first of all, cost me money or take a lot of time either. You know, just fun things to look forward to and have some structure of marking off goals for what we want to do. So that's it. We start with the summer bucket list. Do y'all do a summer bucket list? I had never even heard of it. But I went to a friend's house, and she had hers hanging up on her pantry door, and I thought it was the best thing. Mm -hmm. And so we did one last year, and it's fun because the kids can help write the bucket list. Yes, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be big things. The things she wanted to do really surprised me. And they were little and they were easy, like get chewing gum. Yeah, have a game night. Yeah. Yeah, family game night or something. Family game night. One of my favorites that she wanted to do was go to a snow cone place and buy snowballs. Did you know you can do that? (laughs) Yeah. And then wait for daddy to come home and have a snowball fight. Oh, fun. Even though he didn't know it was coming. Right. That's so great. things like yeah. that where you can be creative, but it can be cheap and easy and you don't really have to plan for it, which is totally yes. what I want to do. Yes. I take the summer bucket list of the things that we have on our hearts and minds for those glorious summer weeks. And then I do kind of look at our calendar. I'm a bit more regimented about my work schedule during the summer. I work from home, which allows me some flexibility. But that also means that summer is my most challenging season for work because all the kids our home 24-7. So I have to have a bit more structure personally for scheduling work. And so I will kind of even go in and set like, okay, this week I'm going to work four days and this week I'm going to work three. So I have these extra days built in for us to spend time together as a family. And then I kind of start roughly just plugging in when we might could go to the library. And it's not something I live or die by. And I never share it with my kids. Like they don't know that I kind of have this loosey-goosey sort of framework of when things might happen. So, and that keeps me from learning from experience. 
not trying to squeeze in 15 of those really easy and inexpensive things the week before school starts. I kind of pick like five or six of those and we get that in like every month. And that gives us kind of a framework for some structure. And then we do have a pseudo schedule for every day. That really helped one of my kiddos who loves some predictability and some routine of every day. And it also kind of dismantled some of the issues that we were having about arguing back. For instance, like tablet time, a lot of trying to negotiate and arguing about that. Well, now in our summer schedule, it's scheduled. You can only have tablet time in the mornings before 10 a.m. It kind of negated some of those things you get into, like I'm bored or I want to do this and it causes an argument. So we have this really loosey-goosey schedule. We kind of have a time frame of when you can do electronics in the morning. We have just free time in the late morning. So if you want to play outside or you want to do art or you want to play in your room, all that's good. We have lunch time and then a rest time where you have to be in your rooms for like an hour and a half. So it's not necessarily like from 9 to 10 we do this, from 11 to 12 we do this. There is like a a rhythm to how our days are going to go. Do you do something similar? Like, absolutely no, Emily, this is crazy. So I'm not very good at scheduling because I tend to get a little rebellious when I have too strict of a schedule. (laughs) There's something in me that just needs to like fight back against the man when, you know, I'm the man who's written the schedule. And (laughs) so you're allowed to do that. I I am, I guess. I don't know. Got to get my kicks somewhere, I guess. What I have kind of started doing is what I like to call planning for spontaneity. (laughs) No, you have to. It's so crazy, but you have to plan to be spontaneous. Yes. So coming up on summer, I realized there are just a few things I want out of it. One, I want it to slow down because we are so busy. I want our summer to be restful. I want us to make memories and I want to just enjoy each other because we're together more in the summer. And so the the things that I've started doing and my kind of go-to planning for spontaneity tips are I get some sort of little swimming pool, water play thing for the backyard. That's usually where we spend our mornings. As we go out, I can take my laptop and work while they just splash around and play until they're worn out and tired of it. And then we can go in and do lunch or whatever. I usually find that on clearance at the end of the previous season. You can get a swimming pool to blow up in your backyard for three bucks. Hey, score. I know. So I do that. And then I get us a pass to somewhere. Maybe it's the zoo Maybe it's a museum. Last year, we did a rec center, and we just went and swam. That gave us a few things that were like, what do we feel like doing today? And then we would do that thing. But we had kind of a handful. We could go to the library, like you said. We could go to the pool because we had a pass. We didn't have to have the money for it right then. We could just go when we wanted to. It was just nice to have those things in place. And then I noticed our family just kind of fall into natural rhythms And so once I have those things in place, then as we go through the first week or so and kind of get used to our new normal, we kind of pick up our own rhythms to where it's like, okay, so for the morning, we'll do something, whether it's in the backyard or whether it's at the pool or, you know, at an indoor play place, you know, we'll do that and we'll have lunch. We'll kind of have some rest time. 
But then there are days where we just want to stay in our jammies and we want to watch TV. And so we do that. And that's okay. I want to give us the freedom to do that. Sure. Because I think sometimes you just need to not be needed. You know, you need to not be scheduled and to not be going, going, going. Yeah, Yeah. to have to be somewhere and have to do something. And sometimes you just need that break. And so I like to give us lots of space for that in the summer. Yeah, I love that, too. And I try to be really intentional about spacing out any camps or anything that we sign up for, because I do want to give my kids some room to be bored. And to work through that and experience that and fight with their sister and yes. like all those things that kind of summer gives us the extra time to practice. That's why even in like our daily routines, like there is a lot of time for free time. I mean, I never, ever schedule any camps like back to back weeks because I have a daughter who's eight and a daughter who's four. So it can get a little bit tricky, but one week at the end of June will be kind of the first camp experience they have, which would be like almost a whole three, almost four weeks into summer break. So it's going to kind of break up and give us something fun to look forward to and something different. We're focusing on camps for that one week. So it's not like I'm taking some girl somewhere every week for something different. That just wears us all down. We need those big batches of breaks that you can kind of take advantage of in the summer. For me, I look at summer as just kind of an open slate. Maybe we don't even plan a vacation. I have little ones at home and we just did a road trip. And I think we've decided not to do any more road trips until our kids are bigger because they're really hard with little kids. And honestly, they're not going to remember a lot of it. So instead, we've tried to make our memories something simpler. So we get our bikes out and we ride around the neighborhood or we sit down and we watch a movie together and we order a pizza. Memories don't have to be Disney World. No. Mm -mm. They can be just little simple things. And I think it comes down to just when our kids recognize that we're taking the time out to do something a little different. Yeah. You know, that's what they'll remember. Absolutely. Okay. Speaking of, I want to talk to y'all about some articles and blog posts that we have on Fort Worth Moms. When I started researching for this podcast, I realized that we actually have a lot of content on the topic of summer. It really is a thing. Like you really do have a philosophy about summer break, whether you have ever verbalized that or recognized it or not. But two of the articles that I just love, 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 one was written by another gal named Emily. It is called This Is How We Summer. And for those of you who are going to check out our show notes at the end of this podcast, we will put links to these articles so you can read the whole thing at your leisure and kind of pull tidbits. She is all about not having summers that are scheduled and really encouraging an environment that causes her kids to experience boredom some. The funny thing about this is it requires a lot of preparation on her part. She shares four tips that I want to quickly share with everyone listening. The first one is have a swim bag that is always packed and ready to go in your car. Everything that you would need to just have a spontaneous trip to the pool. If if a friend invites you over, you want to go to your public pool or head on over to the Y, that you can do that without having to take like 45 minutes to get all the things gathered that you need to go swimming. 
The next tip that she gives would be water bottles. She keeps them in her refrigerator ready to go so that you can grab those and head out. Not only does it, again, help with spontaneous choices, but it also helps with not having to buy water every time you want to go somewhere. So yeah, even keeping a pack in the back of your car. I think I'll do that this summer. That's a good idea. Yeah, it is a good idea. And she even just kind of uses like their insulated thermoses, you know, that you kind of use all throughout school year. It already has your kid's name on it. You just always have those kind of ready to go. Along those lines, her third tip is quick lunches already made up even the night before. Not only does it cut down on time, but it also cuts down on how much money you spend eating out. So it's very like budget friendly ideas. So I love it for those reasons. The last thing is do a little research. So what are those free and inexpensive options for things you can do? There are all kinds of events that are going on, whether it's at the library or a bookstore. There's all kinds of things happening. Doing a little bit of research to find those make for fun experiences, like in unique experiences. Emily, we have another great blog post on the website that we will also link to in our show notes. It's by one of our writers, Shelna, and it's called Bringing Back Old School Summer. She talks about bringing back her childhood summer, you know, 1987, where they're outside just laying out on the hot concrete and enjoying the sun. And and we've talked a little bit about letting your kids be bored and leaving room for spontaneity. It's just a great article about what that looks like for her and her family, but just also some great ideas of how to slow down because we just don't slow down right now in this day and age. We look online and we look on social media and we see these people who are doing all of these things. I know for me, I see moms who are, you know, today we're crafting, today we're adventuring, today we're practicing our alphabet. And for me, I'm like, well, today we kind of got dressed. (laughs) So we may or may not have bathed. Yeah, I don't know when we bathed last, but Now, that's a 1987 summer, if ever there was one. Yes, and I love it. I love what she has to say because it's just so my MO when it comes to summer. Let's just chill. Summer is the season for more white space on our calendars. And, you know, I want to kind of give you permission to erase some of those things on your calendars. Just know that your kids are not missing out. At the end of the day... You have to do really what's going to be best for your kiddos. Do I have kiddos that like structure, that enjoy camps, or does it stress them out? Those are the kind of things you have to think about when you are making your summer strategy. And there's no wrong or right way. I mean, you hear me and Beth, like we are loving a loose schedule, but allowing for some spontaneous fun things that we want to do. But that's also because our lives are conducive to that, right? That's the kind of summer that we can make for our families. But that's not true of everybody. And I know there are plenty of moms out there hyperventilating at the idea of having not enough structure in summer. So we want to hear from you, actually. We want to hear what your tips are. What's your philosophy about your summer strategy? Give us your best ideas because we just may take them and make them our own for our own families. As always, visit fortworth.citymomsblog.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. 
And just one more time, in case you didn't hear, it's fortworth.citymomsblog.com. Fort Worth Moms Blog.